Hey, this is Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Bart Almond. Over the last 30 years or so, I've worked for major record companies, working with major artists such as Alabama, the Dixie Chicks, and Florida Georgia Line. I've also been writing songs for the past 15 years, have over 50 cuts, two number ones, and made a lot of friends along the way. I'm going to be talking to some of those friends about songs, life on the road, and just life in general. I hope you have as much fun as I will. Lois Lewis, or Double L as she's known on the airwaves of KNIX in Phoenix, Arizona, is a personality. Not just any personality. She's the ACM on-air major market personality of the year. Now, I've known her for years, starting when she was doing record promotion for Republic Records. We've shared more laughs than I have with most folks, and this interview is not short in that department. She's one of the hardest working people I know, and she's also one of the happiest. Here's my friend, Lois Lewis. Lois Lewis. Welcome to Thinking and Drinking. How the heck are you? I love how you always start with this. It's like... Like, really? come closer exactly. so that you must hear me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thinking and drinking. That sometimes that combination doesn't always go well together, Bart. <laughs> no, no. That was Amy's idea because she said, you know, like she goes like, you and Lois, you're really funny people. But if you get a couple of pops in you, you're really funny. And then I started thinking, it's like, yeah, but one of us is going to drink too much and then we're going to say too much and then something's going to be stupid and then we're going to want to apologize. I see there's a purple glass of wine right there. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? It's Cinco de Drinko. Get it on. <laughs> it is. Drinko de Mayo. Hello. That's correct. <laughs> Salud. <laughs> so did you, you did one shift or two shifts or three shifts. I mean, you're all over the place today. What did you do today? I started my day at 7.30, and I started in Las Vegas at 95.5 The Bull. I do 90 noon there, and then at 8.30, I switched over, and I started working on my KNIX show, which is 10 to 3 here in Arizona, and that is 102.5 KNIX, and then right after I finished that, I ate some vegetables so that I could be prepared for our wine and thinking and drinking. And then I did my afternoon drive show, which is on Mix 96.9 from 3 to 7, which is the first time in my life I've done a format that is not country, but it is feel-good music. It is so much fun. It's the best mix of the 90s to now, so you would love it. I mean, it's just memory after oh, memory. Yeah. Super fun song. So it fits and it works, but by the end of the day, I'm like, what did I say? I hope it was good. <laughs> So, so not to sound like an idiot, are you doing all this like in your home studio there in the office I'm looking at? Yeah, it's so crazy. That's my little roadcaster okay. machine back there. Amazing. And then there's a magical app that connects me to the studio. And I've been doing this since April. <laughs> and it's just wild, but it works. And I mean, it does not always work. I spend a good amount of time with the help center. Uh, in fact, they even print for us. Um, they even print for us QR codes that you can use. <laughs> nice little iHeart QR codes. Okay. But you know, they're right there and they're always ready to help. So that's good. But you know, I would rather, I'm so thankful for the technology that allowed me to be here and stay safe and healthy and to add more to my plate without having to get ready and the commute and all of those things that yeah. allowed me to do more. So I'll take some technical glitches every now and then, not every day, <laughs> every now and then. So do you find yourself working more 
as a beautiful young lady or as a girl in sweatpants, a t-shirt and a ball cap? I have been wearing leggings nonstop. <laughs> I am wearing a sweatsuit right now. Um, I did that purposefully because I was like, you know what? I'm going to do half and half for you, Bart. I'm going to do half and half. I'm thinking of drinking. I'm going to do this part. But I'm wearing sweats, you know, like I don't need to put jeans on yet, man. I'm going to my first dinner out on Monday and I'm nice. going to wear heels of which I don't remember what they look like or how to walk in. So this could be fun for everyone. So you might have to like take a day over the weekend and take a couple hours and put some heels on or something. Yes. I'm going to practice. That's a good idea. I'll probably do that myself. <laughs> what kind is your favorite? I mean, do you have a designer? Man, you know what? I found some Jimmy Choo's that I really like. And uh, they've got some weird spikes on them. But you know what? I mean, eh, it is what it is. And Amy's okay with it. So it's all good. Did you ever, I would not even have brought this up, but did you, you just said Jimmy Choo. And that is my signature scent. I did put some Jimmy Choo perfume on for you, even though you cannot smell me from here. Just, I have Jimmy Choo cologne on. Which is, well, did you ever hear about my Jimmy Choo story, Bart? Because no. this will crack you up and blow your mind at the same time. Okay. <laughs> so when we were working together, which we'll yes. get to our history, um, this has to be back in 2012-ish. Okay. I was off to Denver. I was at Phoenix Sky Harbor. I had flown with Jimmy Choo perfume multiple times. I mean, hundreds of flights. Always in a carry-on. No problem. I'm boarding the flight at Phoenix Sky Harbor. My bag gets flagged. And then I see some whispering. And then I see, and I'm like, what's in my bag? (laughs) And then it basically turned into crazy. The bomb squad got called, shut down that line of security. They thought it was a grenade because the bottle looks, it's a little questionable, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they thought it was a grenade Uh and they stopped it down and it was an hour and I almost missed my flight and (laughs) they kept it. That's a $90 bottle of uh, Eau de Parfum, Uh, but it was actually crazy. And the story went viral. So the news channel covered it and it went into the UK. It went everywhere. So if you Google Lois Lewis, Jimmy Choo grenade, you will see this. It was crazy. And then I went to Denver and then I bought a new bottle and then I flew right home with it. I did not know that's what your smell was, but because in my mind, you're so identified with the color purple that I always think, Lois, oh, she always smells purple. And I always <laughs> I love, love that because you always smell great. Thank you. Yes. It's <laughs> Jimmy Choo and always a mix of something else. There's always something else in there, like a body cream mm-hmm. and then the Jimmy Choo on top. But it's got to be the Oude Parfum. The toilet, okay. that's, a, that's a no-go on the toilet. That smells like water, bad, no. <laughs> no. It smells like bad water. Yeah, so, I wouldn't recommend. Were, were you born in the Phoenix area? Well, so I was born in Ohio, just outside Conneaut, but okay. I've been living, I grew up south of Tucson in a retirement community called Green Valley, Arizona. Uh, and I grew up there ever since I was three months old. Um, uh, my dad is a golf pro. So when people what? are retired, they play a lot of golf. And so that's why we were there. But my grandma and grandpa took good care of me when my parents were working. Um, but yeah, tiny, like 
18 people in my eighth grade class, something like that. Small, small. And then I went up to ASU. Right. Room 7-Eleven, I believe. You know it. Open (laughs) 24-7. Caliberti East. Yeah, go devil. So how the heck did you get into music? I mean, was there anybody in your family that, because obviously you, obviously you're insanely good at your job, but you also just love music. Is there anybody in your family that just loves music or how did that happen? It's definitely my grampy Joe. He's 94. He's amazing. Um, and he just made it through this year like a champ. Uh, but we did church choir together. I was okay. the youngest person in the church choir because retirement community. Um, <laughs> I played flute and and piano against my own wishes. Like I didn't want to growing up. And then my parents said, if you teach yourself the saxophone over the summer, you can switch. And I was like, challenge accepted. So I learned Pink <laughs> Panther first. And I'm and then I played that like during every other song that I was supposed to be learning that's what we played my friend Alana and I so I did sax for a little while but my grandpa is definitely my musical influence it's crazy because I've always loved radio so much yeah so much but my mom like she can't even listen to lyrics like I have to sit her down and say you need to listen to this song and she'll be a couple lines in and she'll already be thinking like, you know, what do I have next to do? When am I going to put the laundry away? So it's interesting that I can be so lyrically based and love it because my brain is like hers, but music just does something extra for me. And I originally thought I was going to do TV. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster. And then I started working at KNIX when I was a freshman at ASU. And I was like, forget it. This is so much better. I mean, it might not pay the same, but this is so much better. <laughs> so, okay. So, I, I yes, I was, I was wondering, you went to the, you graduated from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism, which is insanely impressive to begin with. And I was wondering about TV and I read your thing about Linda Cohn and going into sports TV and everything. I mean, did you have not dreams, but aspirations of, of moving to LA or, or anything like that? Or did you want to stay in the Phoenix area? No, I mean, originally I thought that I would move to Bristol and I would work at ESPN. ESPN. I just okay. thought yeah. that would happen for me because I mean, my parents said dream big and do it, you know? Um, but then when I started going to ASU, which I was a big trader because I'm from South of Tucson. So U of A, but they didn't have a good broadcasting program and certainly not that year that I was going. So I became a Sun Devil and my dad, who's a big dude, would always wear his U of A sweatshirt, like so proud for parents oh, yeah. weekend. And I'd be like, thanks a lot, dad. But <laughs> I went up there and then discovered radio. So I only really, one year in, I was pretty sure that I was going to transition from TV it's like, what news outlet, like, would I really be able to have purple hair? Do you think they would let me have purple hair on ESPN? I'm not sure. They would now. Know. They would now. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I'd have to really win them over. <laughs> so what was it about radio that just flipped your wig and made you go, this is what I got to do? You know, uh, connecting my feelings about songs with people that I knew were feeling the same way. There was this awesome connection that I knew that I could have. And also, if you haven't noticed, I'm super energetic and I have to have an outlet for that. And I thought I could bring people energy 
just th- like added to the music. And yeah. it turns out that it works like that. And I really think that I make people's days brighter. And I love that. Yeah. And we get to spend a long time together, much longer than a newscast. Um, but the main thing is not to have to do my hair and makeup every day because that's like, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to do the whole, I did it today for you. You look fantastic. So thank but, you. But I, I was thinking, oh gosh, this is great. So I don't have to do my hair and makeup. But back then, you know, we didn't have social media. So now yeah. this is just as much a part of a radio show as well. But also it's for you, it's a cool challenge because you're so, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, I'm not, you use your hands a lot and your eyes and your smile. And it, it's a cool challenge for you to get that across just using a microphone. And I do. And I, I tell people a lot that I use my hands a lot. I said, you would, you would just die if you saw me doing my show, <laughs> but they all can hear my smile. It's a comment that I get a lot. I never do a break without a smile unless it needs to be that way or yeah. Sometimes if I'm talking about the dance with Garth Brooks, right. I'm definitely a little more low key going into that intro. But even then I'm still smiling because I'm probably thinking about something that that song yeah. made me feel or a moment with that song. But yeah, I am um, more than not. I have to tell myself to like, calmate, like take it down a notch, <laughs> lower the octave and then it's better. <laughs> So what did you do at KNIX in your, your first job? I mean, how'd you get that job? Did Buddy, or I mean, uh, Buck and Buddy and Michael and all those guys still own the station then? Yes, yes. It was owned by Buck Owens still. And Michael oh, and Buddy were there. Gosh. They were my first bosses. And a guy named Jess Hansen. I answered an ad in the Arizona State Press. It's the ASU newspaper. I was sitting at the Memorial Union having Jamba Juice. I'll never forget this. And it said, <laughs> Media Research Department. So this is when we still had call out on songs, like local call out oh, yeah. from inside the radio station building. We would cold call people and I'd be like, hi, I'm Lois. Can I ask you a couple questions about your favorite music? And then we would play them songs, hooks of songs, yeah. and then ask if they liked it, liked it a lot, hated it, whatever. That's how I started. And then I did everything else just to try to keep, because I saw the stations and I saw the on-air lights and I was like, how do I get to the on-air lights? Mm-hmm. But I'll do all this stuff. So I stocked the cabinets. I collated copies. I was on the street team for a long time, drove our monster truck named Tiny, which mortified me, but I didn't ever crash it. And then um, they gave me a shot one weekend. Everybody was out sick. I had been asking for a year if I could go on the radio. George King, just about a year, every Friday, I'd walk by and I said, hey, GK, you going to put me on the air today? And he'd be like, no, no, sorry, sorry, Lois. And then it was about a year in and he said, uh, actually, wait. And then I was like, oh, shit, because then I was so scared. Like, do I even know what I'm doing? I don't know. And then I did something ridiculous because I tried to be Delilah instead of my own self. And I was like, 1025. And they were like, what are you doing? Like, you don't even do that. (laughs) Be yourself. And uh, it took me about three months. And then um, I did it for a long time until I didn't for a little while. I love George. George, he's the best. We spent spent an evening with George at Red Rocks. Yes, we did. I will never forget that. (laughs) Yes, we did. Man, one of my favorite country music mythology stories is going back to the Owens is uh, we were at the station one day and in comes this bright fire engine red 
uh, Dodge Viper. And I don't know who's in it, but I'm going to find out because I freaking love cars. Uh-huh. It, it's Buck. And in his car, next to him, he's got his golf bags. And that's all that's in there. And he's heading to the golf course. He just wanted to run by the station real quick. <laughs> Who else comes to the radio station in a V10 Viper with nothing but his golf clubs? And it's like hey. somebody who lives in Phoenix, Arizona. That's Ain't. for sure. It's like Ain't golf him. central. You can get a golf game in after your work. Oh. Yeah, this is the place to do it. I'm, I need to move there, but. Well, not in the summer. Go ahead and wait till no, next year. Exactly. It's already happening. It's like 98 already. <laughs> so how did you go from KNIX? And I know there was steps in between and everything, but how did you go to that getting into record promotion, which is where I met you? It's I mean, crazy. I, so I did KNIX uh, until 2006 and I was doing, I was working in the promotions department and also on the air. I was never just on the air at KNIX and I really wanted to see if I was good enough mm-hmm. to have my own show and to be on the air. And just South of Phoenix in Tucson, um, there's a radio station, Kim FM 99.5 and Buzz Jackson, who is now still to this day, one of my closest friends, mm-hmm. he heard me on KNIX because he would always drive up for things or to fly out of Sky Harbor. And so he asked if I would want to interview. And I'm like, this is my hometown country station. Like that's 30 minutes North Tucson of where I'm from. So I went from KNIX to there for three years and I don't really know what I thought was going to be next, but I got a couple calls about the record promotion, the record business and what I like to do that. And I was like, no, no, I'm not good at sales. I don't want to do this. Really? And they were like, you don't think you're good at sales? Like you <laughs> of all people, it, I just wasn't equating like sharing my love of music as sales, but yeah. it is similar with with more passion, but there's passion in sales too. And um, Buzz said, I don't think you're ready for this. I don't think you can do it. And that, if you say that to me, I'm going to figure out a way to do it. And so Jimmy Harden and Scott Borchetta called and yeah. And I had my phone interview with Scott and you'll appreciate this because you're a dog guy. We talked mostly about our dogs the entire time. (laughs) It was the most unconventional interview And I was like, I don't even know if he asked me anything pertinent to the job or could I do this? But I think that was the point. It's almost like with Scott, if you just have a conversation, well, that's the job in record promotion. Can you just have a conversation and figure out ways to work in your priorities? You know, later I learned this. Um, So that was cool. I've always been told in my 19 years or whatever of record promotion, your job's not to get the radio station to say yes your job's to get them to say maybe well so and then hopefully the song is good enough or the reaction or whatever is good enough and so how do you get them to say maybe well let's talk about dogs you know how many dogs do you have i've got two dogs how many do you have well i have two dogs what kind of car do you drive i mean that's that's all that stuff and that's that's just so important and obviously you've got the personality for doing it and also you're coming from Phoenix, which is such a great radio market, such a great radio market. Some of the best country stations in the world are right there in your backyard. And I'm sure as a regional or as a director, or whatever your title was at the time, I'm sure some of the stations took that 
as almost, I don't know what, like, like you're, you're better than them or at least you're equal to them. I'm, I'm not saying, trying to say better. I'm like, I'm losing the word I'm trying to say, but uh, imposing almost, you know, because they knew that you knew as much about radio as they did. But at the same time, you could obviously speak the same language that they could speak. And so they knew you weren't BSing them when you were speaking that language. That was the key. That was what helped me win. It was speaking the same language. I never really felt that maybe a little bit from like um, a competitive standpoint, like if they knew I worked at iHeart, would I favor iHeart or something like that? But quickly, quickly they were like, oh, no, no, no. She's this is just she's all the way in on this. That's not that way. What you can't Um, do. But it was the speaking the language and knowing what it meant to like, if I have to call you on a weekend that means you have to VPN in to go schedule this. Like you're probably not like I knew all of these things. And so yeah. I could ask it in a way, but I really had no idea. I thought I knew what record reps did going into the job. And I really, <laughs> I really didn't know how involved it was and how crazy it was. What a wild ride. And it was incredible. And I can't believe I did it for seven years. Like I never yeah. even thought I was going to do it, but it's um an addictive thing for sure, helping people achieve their dreams. Oh man, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. While while also accelerating your own dreams, because you you, you never know where that that job's going to lead to. Yeah. How many? How much? How much did you travel? Mm. I mean, a that ton. First ton? year. That first year, I think I took 170 some flights that first year because it was like introduce myself and I did the West Coast. So you can't really drive like you can in the South. You can just connect it all. Only in the West, you can do California down, but nothing else. So flew, introduced myself, flew, introduced Fast Ride, flew Mm. them to their first shows, flew with the band Perry to introduce them flew with them to their first shows. It's like, you know, and the cycle continued. So that was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of six years, I would say, of very heavy travel. I'm I'm trying to find, I think. Oh crap, where is it? I have a fast ride guitar pick. Oh my gosh. Dang, dang, dang. I love Jeff and Jody. You know, I you still probably work with them some, yeah? Jody, yes. Yeah, Joe. I mean, it, it's, yeah. it's been a long time, but yes, crap, I can't find it. I know it's here. Anyway, if yeah. my listeners are watching, something really cool about Fast Ride, oh, the man. duo didn't really make it, but uh, Jody and his dad Jeff have produced for a long time Luke Bryan, which is really cool. So yeah, somebody that I used to work with yes. and drive around with now produces some of the best music, and that's cool that he got to use his uh, talent in that way. They're both such great guys. I, I love yeah. those guys. And James, so shout out James too. The dang, dang, dang. <laughs> So, so when you started doing record promotion, I'm assuming it opened your eyes a little bit to what MDs and PDs were going through every day from looking back on your, on your radio days. It was crazy. (laughs) It was really crazy and it was really hard. And I could not understand why people would not call me back like that at the beginning, what seemed to be an insurmountable challenge. And the first eight months, it was eight months. I, I will say six when I'm not as close to someone as I am to you, but it was eight months. 
I was living at home at my parents' house because at the time they were living in Scotland, dad golf pro. So I had their house. And since I was traveling so much, it didn't make sense to like have my own place at the time. Yeah. And I remember going in my parents' walk-in closet and I would just sit there Indian style and cry. Mm. I thought, what have I done? I love radio. I had my gig I was music director and doing nights and loving it and had my remotes and concerts. And now I'm like, I can't even get a call back at one of the best stations in the nation. Yeah. 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 It was, it was nuts. And then uh, Jimmy said, just stay the course, you stay the course. And I stayed the course. And uh, Mm. my first phone call was answered by Adam Jeffries. I'll never forget that uh, at K jug in Visalia, California. But my second call was Nate Deaton and uh, he had just backed his car into a pole. And so he was dropping so many F-bombs and I was still semi-innocent at that point. And I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he was, and he was so pissed. And I was like, why would you take my call right now? This is terrible. <laughs> he ended up becoming and still is one of my very best friends. And <laughs> I called Jimmy after that. And he was like, you're going to, you and Nate will be, and I'm like, yeah. you're out of your mind. That did not go well. And he was like, just trust. And all of the relationships did end up falling. Now I was a little extra. I kept a binder <laughs> full of details. Of course it was purple, but I mean, I kept wives, names, dogs, names, birthdays. I tried to really, Smell like Jimmy Choo. you know, spritz, spritz. I tried to do the extra and um, I tried to really find things that would make me stand out to them in a radio perspective way and not be the same call that they're getting 32 other of that week. And um, that was really my goal. And I think that's what made me successful in in that role. Are you glad? I mean, this is a, a weirdly loaded question, but are you glad you're not doing it now when it's all zoom calls and you can't hug somebody, you can't high five somebody, you can't introduce them to your new artist. You can't, cause I mean, because you're on that end, the other end of it now, I'm sure you're getting 50 zoom calls a day and it drives you bonkers. Yeah. At the beginning there for a while, that was a little crazy and we really had to work hard. Like at first I was saying yes to everything. And that was before I added these two stations. So I only had the one and then my, my second one on the weekend. So that, but then I was like, okay, we need to set some zoom boundaries because it was just taking over. And it was like, well, but you're home so you can do it. And it's like, yeah, but I also need to walk my dog and prepare my food and like live a life, even though I'm not leaving this place. Um, but the challenge for 2020, I think Parker McCollum was the only artist to get a number one who launched in 2020 specifically. That's how challenging that was. Wow. And you could fact check me because that might be fake news, but I think it's real. Um, but the challenge of not being able to introduce your artist, I think Zooms work fine for that though. And honestly, I hope that it changes the business and I hope labels save their money because I don't need you to come through just for the introduction. I would rather yeah. save that budget so that my listeners can meet you. I thank you for thinking that I'm important. And yes, I will schedule the music and do those things, but I don't like, thank you, but no, I want my listeners to be able yeah. to meet and see those artists. So please save the money. So I hope that that part actually sticks and I would rather make time for because I'd be making time for the in-person visit Anyway. Anyway, right. Well, once we say thank you, good night, I'll I'll give you some some numbers. 
that probably shouldn't be shared with everybody about that. But yeah, that's oh, that's that's insane. What's what's going on right now? And yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. So what 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 did you like about record promotion? What didn't you like about record promotion? Uh, the not getting the calls back at first was like a definite gut punch because I've always been able to get along with everybody. And I was yeah. taking it to like, I was taking it personally. And then I realized, no, 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 they just don't know me yet. Yeah. And of course I had a few relationships that it didn't work well, and yeah. that's okay. I had one guy who actually asked for a new rep because he said that I was fake. Like that there was no way that one person could be this happy all the time and this energetic all the time. And my boss was like, dude, you got to give her a chance. She really is like this. There's nothing disingenuous about her. And uh, I mean, purple hair, like my hair is brown. Obviously it's brown. Everything else is real. Okay. Um, But, uh, but then I had like other guys who loved that, you know, like one uh, Chris Abrams, who I'm sure, you know, he called me the, uh, human animated puppet, you know, uh, no human animated Muppet. And he loved getting calls from me because it would just make his day brighter. And so I loved building those relationships. Yeah. Um, I got to eat a lot of really great food, Oh yeah. but at the same time that made me uncomfortable. I mean, if we're, if we're talking about it, about numbers and recoupables and as I'm learning these things and as I'm learning, like, okay, well, if I'm just out with somebody, then that goes against the record label budget. But if I'm out with an artist that goes against their budget and I'm like, sometimes that would make me really feel like, gosh, I hope they make it because this is cost after cost after cost. So, you know, it's a lot of different feelings all the time. There's a lot of people that really don't understand that record companies are some of the, were some of the, excuse me, highest budgeted entrepreneurial businesses in the world. I mean, I can go back to working the very first Dixie Chicks record when I was at Monument. Before we ever took a record to radio, we had over a million dollars invested in them. And that's 20 years ago. I can't imagine in today's dollars if Republic Records is going to do a real studio record not you know we're not recording it in my basement do a real studio record put them on the road with every regional go see every radio station do some uh uh, showcases i can't imagine what the cost must be now and that's before that record's ever even shipped yeah yeah and think about that it might not just be well the dixie chicks was three and they played their own music but think about it might just be one artist and a guitar or like i had a thousand horses which there were not a thousand but there were 12 travelers (laughs) well well because we had the time we had the we had the horsettes we had the girls doing amazing backing vocals and harmony they were incredible yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of people. We had four and a drummer and a player and the girls and a t- oh TM. Gosh. So it was, yeah. I mean, we had to have two vehicles all the time, which that was crazy because rental cars are so crazy. And like, do you do the insurance? Do you not do these? Oh like so gosh. many things you don't even know about as a listener. Right. That just gets to the point of maybe hearing the song for the first time, maybe. maybe. Oh my gosh. So That's that was, you said what I like and what I don't like the, the really hard part was making 
a time investment and an emotional investment. Yeah. Something that then didn't end up working the way that you hoped that it would, but not everybody is a star and that's okay too. And, but that's, that's difficult. And it's difficult when you're working a record and you lose the record. That's, that's hard because not all of them go to number one, like, you know, that first song that you wrote. And you're in the bar with that artist at night and they oh, go, God, really? hey, hey, Lois, hey, it's Jimmy. Hey, can you tell so-and-so that their record went belly up today? Love you. Bye. Click. It's like, oh, my God. No. And you know that you've got three more station visits tomorrow and the next day and the next day because it's only, it's only Tuesday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that was nuts. And then um, I definitely felt like the demon child of all reps because I was on the West Coast. My poor artists and their routing and all a lot of flying. Yeah. Whereas they were like, why can't you just be like, it was Stacey Blythe at the time who oh, is yeah. now rocking things at Big Loud. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They were like, why can't you just be like Stacey and put us in a van and like just drive? And I was like, well, because I can't do that on the West Coast. Um, but I now looking back, like, now that I'm back in radio and I'm trying to like book shows or things, um, routing, like I know I put some artists from a Phoenix to a Florida flight and I am sorry. I will forever be sorry. (laughs) Like the 6am or 5am from Phoenix to Florida. Like that is, that was rude, rude, but. Hey, it is what it is. Absolutely. And, and, some of those artists are now multimillionaires, so they probably yeah. would give you a hug if they could. Yeah. So you did seven years of that, and <laughs> I'm sure you got offer after offer after offer to come back to radio. Oh, look. You have one of these? Oh, I don't. They're I numbered. Uh, Big Cat Daddy and his wife gave these to us, oh, and I was like, I wonder if Bart has one of these, but... uh. Yeah, that this was quite an adventure working with these guys, and obviously that's how we know each other. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, I have that plaque right there, if you can see. Oh yes, I have mine just right over here. If I move it, everything will fall, so we won't. Yes, do it. yes. <laughs> and I also, they also, FGL cut one of my songs, so yeah. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, so that's like. Do we call that mailbox money? Yeah, maybe. You know, I wouldn't call it a plaque, but I can certainly buy a plaque with that. So, yes. anyway. <laughs> so after seven years, seriously, I mean, you've been working from my end of, of, of things as a record promoter, and I, I love these guys, and they're two of my best friends in the world. But you worked with Scott Borchetta and Jimmy Harden. You got to help break uh, FGL. You got to work with all these other great acts. How did you decide to go back to radio? I always wanted to go back to radio. I was very open with Jimmy and Scott about that from the beginning. I frankly thought that it would be sooner than it has happened, but I was loving all the experiences that I was getting to have and really like seeing Florida Georgia line play stagecoach in the bright sun first act on the main oh, yeah. stage to the next year yeah. playing at the headline spot, headline, completely yeah. sold out sea of people. That was incredible working with the Eli young band to get them their first number one after they had been toiling in Texas. I mean, like they worked so hard and they were a huge band, but we wanted yeah. to make them a huge band everywhere. And so we got to do that. 
working with the band Perry, um, setting oh, up man. the Brett, Brett Young record, like that yeah. first one, Cassidy Pope, who is still one of my most favorite and talented people. Greg Bates, we had a top five record. Oh, yeah. Sonny Sweeney, we had a top 10 record. So Gosh. I got to experience a lot. And I think I'm terrible at numbers. 14 number ones, something like that in seven years. It may have been more because Florida Georgia Line just kept cranking them out. It was amazing. I bet it was more than that, yeah. But it was like, okay, I've done this. I even got to work Minneapolis, Chicago, and Boston. So I wasn't just West Coast. I made some dreams come true. I achieved all these goals and I'm good at branding. And I actually have my own brand and yeah. I think it's time for me to go back and focus on that. But I knew I could only do it if the perfect opportunity arose. And it did in Las Vegas. And radio is not the same salary in any way, shape, or form than records, no matter any way you shake it. Right. Um, and so I knew I was going to have to really think about that. You know, yeah. moving us, I've always lived in Phoenix or Arizona. That's the first time I moved out of the state. Could I support it? What would I have to do? And I thought if anywhere I can do it, it's Vegas because I will have remotes and shows and concerts and yeah. I'll be busier than I can imagine. And I was, but I did it. And by the end of that first year, I was only 10K away from that record salary. I earned every penny. That's good. But, but I did it. And so then I thought, okay, okay, I can do this. I can do this in radio. I just have to hustle. So real quick, why do why do you, why do you say you thought you would be back in radio sooner than you thought? Did you you never you never looked at at record promotion as a end all be all stay in records forever? I never wanted to do it in the first place. I never okay. even knew I could, or I never. It really wasn't something that I ever thought about. I always thought about some kind of performance element art. I didn't know if it was TV or radio or okay. acting. I always wanted to be able to share my brightness with people. And I figured that would be in the form of some audio or video. You know, right. I, I didn't know it. And so one time Marlene Augustine, who's one of the best regionals oh, yeah. ever. She worked Love for MCA for years. Columbia. He said something at, uh, you'll love this name drop, the Rodeo Club in San Jose, which we nice. have all been to. Uh, yep. Can I get another drink coupon, please? <laughs> um, she said something to me there because I was standing in a picture or I was, and she's like, you're, you're not the brand. You're not the artist. Like you have to get out of it. And I was like, that's interesting mm. because Jimmy had told me like, don't ever stand in the middle of a picture, which made sense. Cause I'm not the middle of the picture. Now I'm on the side of the picture. Right. Whereas before sure. I would have yeah. been the middle and that was an easy adjustment. I was like, absolutely. But she said, nobody cares about your brand anymore. They only care about your artists. And I thought in that mm. moment, I was like, no, I don't think that's true. I don't think that's I think true. I either. can be my own brand yeah. and stand out as a regional and then make it better for my artists but at that moment, it's like it started kind of ticking. And I was like, well, no, I want to be my own brand again. So yeah. let's go back. I, I love Marlene, but but I, I totally agree because I think if you go to any given radio station that you and I have both, <clears throat> excuse me, been talking to for five years and they hate me and they love you. And we have two acts that are neck and neck going for the ad, going for the heavy rotation, whatever. They're going to give it to you because 
you have that brand and I don't. Or your brand is not even hate you, love you, but just stand out in a certain way. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you could like all of your regionals equally, but who was the last person to call or send you a text? Or I did a lot of mailers, custom mailers, crazy creative mailers. And those took so much time, but I still see them on radio stations' desks still. And I've been back in radio five years. So. You know, that's a, that's a real compliment to me in the work that I did there. Cause I'm like, Oh, that's really, I might have one up here. When I was working the band Perry all your life, it starts out with the line. Would you walk to the edge of the ocean just to yeah, yeah. fill my jar with sand? That's cool. And so I was in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico, and I took a day. It was so hot. I was with my mother. I wrote, a special message in pink highlighter, which thank God it showed up in the photos to each of my stations, add all your life. And then the ad day. Mm. And then I showed me getting their individual sand. Right. So then I bring the sand home, which that also got stopped at the airport. Thankfully they let me keep it. It was like 20 pounds. And then I found all these. Yeah, exactly. They were like, luckily I must not have had that with me too. Cause that would have been like the done deal goner. I would have been out no more flying. Um, but I sent these all to radio with those pictures from Cabo. But then I also took convert the band Perry pictures. And then I also took Max spins the band Perry pictures running back and forth on this beach, you know, and my mom was such a trooper. And then my grandparents were the ones that helped me like pour the sand in the bottles, wrap them up, send them. But this is one of the Mm. things that I still see on people's desks. And this was a two week number one. And it was the most ads that I had ever gotten at that time. So it was like, that did pay off. And that was like, okay, if I do this extra, I will get extra. And being a competitive person. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, Scott and I talked about stuff like that. And I was congratulating him on, on one of their acts. And, and uh, it was, uh, it was Taylor. And oh, he yeah. congratulated me on the Dixie Chicks or whatever. And he says, you know what the deal is? We win all the ties. And I go, what? What does the crap does that mean? <clears throat> and he said, just what you just said. We, we all just go that extra, extra, extra. He goes, we all have good music. We're all good people. We all have good relationships. So we win the ties. And I always thought that's such a great freaking motto for record promotion, man. And it's a great freaking model for every, any kind of promotion. For life, for life. Like for li- yeah. if you aren't getting the result you want, you have to push a little harder. Yeah. And sometimes that sucks and it's uncomfortable, but that's the way you get it done. And, and I learned the lessons that I learned doing records were invaluable, invaluable to me, but especially dealing with artists, like spending so much time with artists and watching them grow from yeah. Nobody knowing their music to everybody knowing their music. I mean, FGL obviously was just such a yeah. wild experience. It was but a rocket that ride. Set man. me up. Say what? That was a rocket ride. Rocket ride for sure. Yeah. And it was incredible. And it, it's rare. And it's it's amazing that they're doing so much still that they're doing. And <laughs> I'm so proud of them both. Um, but dealing with artists on that level made me a better radio radio personality, not only because now I know all these inner workings and I can speak to my listeners about that in a much different way than somebody who hasn't done it, but my artists 
Now, when I bring artists in, I know what I need to have ready for them. I know what I would have had ready for them as a regional. You know, I would make sure that their stuff is all set up and that it was easy peasy. And do you need to go to the restroom? What can I provide for you so that they're comfortable? And then if I'm interviewing them, no bullshit questions. No. How'd you get your name? Like I watched them go through that radio station after radio station (laughs) And that's okay. Some of those questions are necessary sometimes. Sure, like, of course, okay. yeah. But always please bring something different. And I've been highly complimented on that. And that's my proudest thing that I think I learned from records is how to better interact with these artists. A, as regular people, because yeah. they are. But B, really do keep it interesting and, and try to really make them think and feel something. And that will equate better to my listeners anyway. <sighs> Well, that's probably what made you ACM Personality of the Year. Oh, oh hey, what is that? What is that? Can, can you, what, what, is, what is that for? I cannot, I mean, I feel, <laughs> you want to know what I named her? What? I named her Bay, but as in, and this is perfect for Cinco de Mayo. Uh, I minored in Spanish. I minored in Spanish at ASU, this should be said. Um, but I named her Bay, but not as in B-E-I or Y, as in V-E-I, as in Vente Vente, because I won her in Vente Vente 2020. Um, it's only the fourth time a solo female voice has ever won Man, an ACM award. For, I was going to bring that up. How... Awesome is that. I didn't know it. And then we come to find out I'm the only solo female from a major market to ever win. <laughs> I've been nominated six times, which I really, every time, I, it's oh, hard gosh. for me and I cry, but I think of the nomination as the win because I know these go to yeah. movie shows. I understand yeah. that. They're teams, they've got producers, but my team is my listeners. And in 2020, we had the best year together apart. And I was like, if there's a year that I could pull this off, I ended the year number one, Bart, number one in every demo that matters. Oh my gosh. It was all genre, not number one country against the other country, just number one. Man. And I thought, well, could could this be? And um, and it and it was, and it was every it's everything. I mean, she just sits right behind me and I feel really proud of that. No, you know, uh, Dandelion was a good buddy of mine, and I loved her. And I, I didn't realize until I read the list of the four that she was, she was also one of the four. And it's like I thought, four, holy crap, man! Because, because I mean, you're right. It's all, it's always afternoon teams or morning teams. It's yeah. never a single person. And and Amy even goes like, well, how how many single single men has there been i said i i have no idea but i bet i bet there i bet it's similar to you but what a what a freaking cool thing man one of one of four that's just so great man congratulations thank you it it was really special and i really didn't think it would happen and i approached it differently um i wrote the essay differently i talked about the fact that my first masks came from a listener and it was all true. Um, They made me my first masks. And I opened my essay with that because it was such a unique year. And I I had a line in there and I just said, remember how long March lasted? And Mm -hmm. I just let that sit because it was like, 
Yeah. We all went through this. And so instead of writing a, an essay, probably like they were expecting, I really went a different way. And I really tried to have a one-on-one conversation. And then I let my listeners speak for me. Just, I didn't ask for their comments. I just took comments that they had sent me on Instagram yeah. about how I make their days better and how I got them through 2020. And all I could think <laughs> of is this would be amazing if I could bring this home for them. But when I got the nomination, again, we did it. We did. I had some delicious burger and celebrated that night. And I was like, I won. And then to find out that I really won was crazy. I also, um, I told you I like show and tell. I got a cake made with my own face on it. And this is a sugar sheet that I'm saving. And I, oh, I brought that just for you. <laughs> Look I at love me. that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's the same face. That's so great. So I think we're going to resin her, but you need a blowtorch. And so I'm a little afraid of like the blowtorch, but we're going to do it. We're doing it. But isn't that so awesome? Look at it. Like matches right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's identical. (laughs) It's really special. Also to be said, I won in the same year as my station. King and IX also won. Oh man. And as a team, nobody worked harder. I mean, everybody worked hard in 2020, but I can tell you, that nobody worked harder than my morning show. I promise you, they were doing two on-camera shows every day. They were doing their shows on camera. Oh my god! And then a happy half hour every night on camera. Having to be on like that in a dual split shift, and they still were doing. Barrel Boy delivered eighty thousand sandwiches to first responders and essential workers. Man, these barbecue just hard work to make sure that we could stay in the community as much as we could. So to win together. And we didn't think we did because I got some information. Like I got a tracking that I might be getting packages and the radio station didn't. And I cried Mm. and I called my boss and they were like, I have two. And they were like, don't you dare. You should be so proud of this. This is, and I was like, but I wanted it. And, but we had just won in 2018 and you can't win back to back. And so I thought, well, there's just no, I mean, I guess, you know, we're so grateful for that win. Um, But then the same packages arrived for them that did for me. And we were like, are you kidding me? So that made this way more impactful (laughs) and special. I mean, I'm an only child, so I can be selfish, but it feels a lot better when your whole team wins. Well, you can be selfish when you have that little uh, that little crumb thing right behind you there. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, oh, my gosh. You want to do my lightning round? Oh, my gosh. Do you have a lightning round? Because I oh, have yeah. a lightning round. That's what I do. Oh, with yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Wait, what was that? This is my lightning bolt tattoo. And the color is that. perp fiction. Perp fiction. That's the color purple. And that fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> superhero double L. Hey, did you know that um did you know speaking of superheroes, where is it? Do you know that Dolly Parton has her own comic book now? No. It's called Female Force. Oh, there you go. Look at Dolly as a comic book. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's um it's like a maybe a five series of all like powerful female. My husband's all into comics right now. Are you in there also? Huh? Are you in there also? I'm right here. This is one of my entries that I keep. This is one of my, this is my CMA entry from uh, ah. 
year that I got nominated, but to Wouldn't that be amazing? That'd be awesome. All right. You ready lightning for your round. You ready for your lighting round? Oh my god, I get so nervous. <sighs> yes. Okay. I'm not gonna ask you about you and your husband or anything else. It's just really easy. Just really easy. Okay. What's your favorite book? <gasps> oh my gosh. It's called The Night Circus. I'm gonna forget her name right now. It's like a song, the whole book. It transports you to this place that is so incredible, but I can't remember her name. But otherwise, I read all David Baldacci. I am currently reading oh, cool. like the last one. It's with Amos Decker and Will Roby and Jessica Reel. And they're all in it. And I'm just wrapping it up and it's crazy. <laughs> um, but that one, The Night Circus, and I feel it's she has a really crazy name, but that's definitely my favorite like transport you book. Awesome. Are you a, uh, what's your bat- favorite book? Oh, I'm not allowed to ask questions. In the no, 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 no. My, my favorite book. I mean, it's, it's very cliched to say this, but it's the Bible, man. I read it every day. Oof. I have for 50 years. So that makes me look like a bad person. Now my mom's going to be like, no, 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 no. Cause Why do you say the Bible? no, cause I mean, I read Tolkien and CS Lewis and all that stuff. All day, every day, but but I always I always wake and bake with the Bible, man. I I get up at four or five in the morning and, and start reading. So that's always, amazing. I love that. Doing. Are you a bath or a shower gal? I am a bath girl if I am at a fancy <laughs> hotel and okay. I feel confident that it's clean and beautiful. I would love to be a bath girl at my home. But um, I dropped something in my bathtub and it made a hole in the side. So it's patched up, but it has completely taken like the sexy bath factor away from Oh, no. Like, I can't do it. So I'm a shower girl now. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that screws up my fantasies. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I'm going to be staying at the Hotel Valley Host soon. And they, they put me in rooms with bathtubs all the time. So you can keep it, Bart. You can There's always going to be some purple going on. That's all I know. You know, you know it. What's the last gift you gave someone? <sighs> well, I plant mommed really hard in 2020, something I never did before. I have given a lot of plants to listeners that I have mm. propagated from my own plants, which came That's from great. my grandma. So they're like 40 years old, really, if you think about Hmm. it, which is very cool. Um, I have custom double L purple pop sockets that I just gave to a couple of my listeners who came by that wanted to see my trophy. I'm really (laughs) friends with a lot of my listeners in real life. And so they know where I live and they've just popped over, which has been really special this year Hmm. um, to be able to do that. I gave away some of the custom cookies that I got made for me for the ACM. So I feel like that's really selfless. Nice. You know, I could have like, I could have kept them all for myself, but. Oh my gosh. I know. Right. I like those. those. Yeah. I give, I give a lot of things away. And then my best friend just moved into her own place. And so I bought her like a cool throw pillow to go on this red chair. It's really cool. It's like these lips. No, like, like they're like garlic. <laughs> so I knew that she would love those. So, um, you know, 
I'm always I'm always thinking about people and getting things. I know. What's the last cool gift you got? Um, Amy bought me a guitar. Like, well, is that number one hundred and twelve, or <laughs> what number are we at now? Um, if we can keep this between us as a little secret, that's I think number fifty six. Couple more years than you. <laughs> out, you're out age. You're you're more guitars than years. That's great. I think that's good. All right. What's the first concert you saw? How old were you? And did you get a T-shirt? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I probably didn't get a T-shirt because okay. my, my parents were like, "No, that's too expensive." Because merch is always really expensive, right? And I don't know which one was first, but I think. It was at the Tucson Convention Center, TCC. Alan Jackson, Faith Hill was opening up. She had the crazy, wild blonde hair the then. gigantic curls. Oh, yes. Yeah. But if it wasn't that one, they were close together. I went and saw Young MC, my karaoke song still to this day at age 42, is Bust a Move. I will always bust it out for you if you'd like. But um, I, I got like, to see Young MC, and that was awesome. I would like you to bust that out for us. <laughs> She's dressed in yellow. She says, hello, come sit next to me, you fine fellow. You run over there without a second to lose. The world comes next. Play a Buster move. I got a brand new girlfriend. Oh, no. no that's a different song. Crap. <laughs> your best friend Harry has a brother Larry in five days from now he's gonna marry you run over there without a second to lose then what comes next for both to move I could just you know it's my jam I really love it so <laughs> which is funny for a country jock to love it but you know oh, no, that's so did great. you know that purposefully young MC never cursed in his song so that everybody could enjoy them equally I did not yeah I learned that just recently. I thought that was so cool. I'm down well, for cussing too, but I like that. I, I I had breakfast this past weekend with a singer from a huge rock band and he's got no tattoos. And he looked at me and he goes, do you have any tattoos? And I said, nope. I said, do you have any tattoos? He said, no. He goes, you know, my sons do. He goes, I'm kind of thinking at our age, you know, cause we're almost 60 he goes, I kind of think the coolest thing we can do now is to not have any tattoos. <laughs> no, man, this is cool. my dad. This is my dad. <laughs> Every time I get a new tattoo, I tell them in advance, even at my age, like I'm a grown woman, but I am an only child. And they, every time my dad is like, I got my belly button pierced junior year vacation. I went to Hawaii with some friends and I got my belly button pierced. And he did not speak to me for a week. Oh my Every gosh. tattoo I get, it is always like, and then my mom later, like a month later, she'll be like, I love your tattoo. It's so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> True feelings come out. But yeah, I remember you not having any tattoos. Yeah. That, that is now a unique trait. My husband has no tattoos. Either, See? See? I think he will get one eventually. We'll see. You do? We'll what do you what do you think he'll get? Well, I think he'll get so some of these new comic books. The, there are some artists like Rose Besh is one that he's obsessed with right now. Okay. They are doing this crazy artwork and I could see him getting that or some kind of like, um, he's a gamer. So he plays Cuphead. I could see him getting Cuphead. Like if you Google Cuphead, if you aren't familiar, they are the cutest. It's a true animation type game. Um, and there's somebody actually, look. Oh, we have to save this for a second because that's something. But um, this is one of the characters from Cuphead. 
Her oh. name, I can't remember right now. Um, it's uh, it's like not Ursula from The Little Mermaid, but I'll come up with it. But they're cute like this, you know, cute yeah, yeah, yeah. animated things. She breathes fire and like kills people and she's <laughs> she's cool. But oh Goose. this just made me think of a so I we have a special tie, and we have not talked oh about this gosh. yet. And I know I'm right in the middle of the lightning round, no, no, no. but your dog was inspired by my dog, my best rescue girl ever, the goose with her mohawk. And now your dog's coming. What's what I love, Millie? Millie has had a mohawk for 11 years because of goose. And sometimes it's been pink. Sometimes it's been purple. Sometimes it's been from her eyebrows all the way to her tail. Right now, she's just got it on her head. And, oh, my gosh, she she's getting old and she's... She's slow, but holy crap, goose is goose is the goose is the inspiration, and so thank uh, you so much. My dog Clarence, I have my Springer Spaniel, oh, and he's, he's seven, so and he cute. he maintains the mohawk. He has it all the way down the body. Oh. He's a big boy. He's tall and seventy four pounds. So that's a long seventy four pounds. He just is a monster oh spaniel. He just kept growing, and it's all muscle. And it's crazy. He just went S-W-I-M-M-I-N-G-ing, but I can hear him outside the door, so I can't say it again because he's real smart. But he keeps the mohawk going. I heard you and Amy on your podcast thinking and drinking. I don't know if either of you were drinking, to be honest, but you were thinking about the ACM recap and Maggie's song. And I cannot with those dog songs. Oh my gosh, and, no. And then Morgan was being a doula. And so then you yeah. had Miranda with Chris Stapleton, which is like, forget about it. Yeah. But yep. yeah, that's a special thing with the animals. They're oh, the pups, man. The pups. Special. But thank you for the mohawk. And thank Goose. That was... Uh. The best dog ever. You know that she... um mm. She... Uh, she just died right in my arms. It was, it was, it was a, <sighs> a beautiful experience, but I had made the appointment. I knew, you know, you know, yeah. and then it's so hard. Yeah. Um, and I had the appointment for the next day and I was watching money in the bank, WWE. I will, shit. I'm packing for Vegas. <laughs> I'm about to go back into radio to Vegas mm. at 95.5 the bull. We're packing our house. We have it on. She's in our little dog bed. I knew we had made the appointment for the next day. And that was just going to kill me. I, I just could not. You yep. know, it's so hard. It's we did so the hard. same same exact thing. Yes. And Shane O'Mac walks out and you can hear, here comes the money. And it's like green lights. And little Goose popped her head up. And I thought, is she watching Shane O'Mac? And then I, I could see this look in her eyes. And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's time. And so yep. I just scooped her up. And she just looked right at me and she just mm. did a couple quick breaths and then one big breath. And then she was just right there. And it was, it was crazy because I guess she just didn't want to be a Vegas showgirl, but we hadn't left. <laughs> and so we, we got to drive her home to Green mm. Valley because we were still here in Phoenix. And so she's buried in my parents' backyard. And so it's like the house that built me that Miranda song that almost yep. never got cut that we almost never heard songwriter Bart, which is, you know, crazy how many songs we've never heard, but she's out there and I see her every time I go home. All right. You're killing me. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm a happy person. Why did I, I do know. this? <laughs> you're the human energy mobile. Oh. All right. Okay. I'm going to get back to my lightning round before I start bawling too bad. What's the favorite song you ever worked and why? Oh my gosh. Oh my 
as a record promoter? I was about to, that's so hard because I had like six answers at one time, but I I was really proud of Florida Georgia lines dirt. It was such a departure for them. It was straight ahead country. Yeah. And it was so important and impactful because it was off of a new LP yeah. and I got to fly around and play it in person (laughs) for people. So it had all of those memories for me and I still have a bottle of Dom Perignon. It's sitting right up there from Florida Georgia line. Um, I think that was the, at the time, the most added song ever in his and so yeah. that was it. And to see that song do what it did and then to hear people sing it back at packed arenas, that was such a shift for them. And so I, I was really proud of it. Isn't that cool when you're yeah. the record rep and you walk into that arena and you know you know exactly what you're looking for. You know exactly what's going to happen. There's 12,000, 15,000 people there. They've all heard all these songs and and you're just there again. And it's a fun job. But at the same time, you pour yourself a cocktail, you find yourself a road case and you sit down and then they play the new single and 15,000 people sing along with it like that. And you just go, holy crap. What's going on here? Never. I was never sitting on the road case. I can tell you, I never watched a show on a road case. I was always with the radio station. I, I made it happen. And I loved that because Mm. I then had all of the ammo, but also the experience of watching it with them. But it was, all I had to do was basically just give them the look like. Yeah. Yeah. Are you seeing this? We're going to convert this to power. Cool. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Power it up. So if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? You know, can I get a long microphone and be Bob Barker or like Alex Trebek, (laughs) God rest his soul. I might be a little too much for Jeopardy, but like, can we stop with the guest host and just, hey, hey, how's it going? (laughs) I can ask some questions. Well, you'd be wanting to give them the answers though. Two plus two is... I would love to host a game show though. Like I would, I would love to be like Kelly Clarkson. I can't sing, so I could never do karaoke, but that kind of thing would yeah. be amazing if I could do that. But I'm, you know, I'm 42. So let's be real. That's probably not happening for me as a female at 42. I'm, yeah, I, a there's a lot of these and I'm fine with it. I laugh <laughs> a lot. So they're meant to be there, but I'm probably already outside my prime, you know, whatever. So what are you listening to for fun these days? Is it more? Dude, I got uh, my PM Dawn radio. I, I knew PM that's Dawn what radio. it was going to be. I knew it. <gasps> Set it drips on memory bliss. Listen, I cannot get away from it. Like, I know that Thomas Rhett just dropped country again, side A, and I'm obsessed with, <laughs> uh, to the girls, to the guys who date my girls and country. But like, I haven't even listened to the whole album. And every time I go on my walk, I've got my little AirPods now. And I think I'm going to listen to a new album. And then I'll be like, nah, I'm yeah. going to go see I'm gone. <laughs> and it's just because it's like Prince and Whitney and like CNC Music Factory. And it's like, boom, bump the jam. Pump. Like, that's not the same as that. It feels good to be country again. Like, I cannot walk the same. <laughs> but I mean, I try to switch it up. But really, PM's on radio is where it's at. I love that. But you know what? I will say, uh, 
as a guy that admittedly has aged out of country music, I listen to the radio today and I try to listen to it more and more every day. And man, there's a bunch of great songs. Stapleton's new songs, Dirk's new song. Um, Oh, shoot, 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 shoot. Uh, Oh crap. I can't think of the, uh, the, the, the one about the daddy's pissed off. Oh shoot. Just, it was just number one. Anyway, there's so much good, great country music right now. And, uh, and it hopefully, I mean, I, again, old, bitter, jaded guy. I'm so sick of track songs. I'm so sick of that kind of stuff. And I hear these acoustic songs and I hear they're so open and airy and they're bringing us back to country music and I just go like hell yes I'm coming back to country music man because I love this stuff it's an excellent balance right now and it it does always shift we'll go from super Jake Owen sorry I'm oh Jake Owen made for you yes love that song I'm so so sorry to bust in on you no, that's a that's a big song right now. And the Dirks is a big song. Um, and yeah, well, we always have those like waves. Um, yeah. Hashtag Luke Bryan. That's not what I meant, but also a good song. But it's cool because yeah. we are getting a lot of very country records right now. And I think that's necessary to stand out because you can find pop a lot of places, but we are unique because we are country and we tell stories better <laughs> than anyone else. Yeah, yeah. So, So what's next for you? Well, we already talked about the CMA deadline. That is June 30th. <laughs> I would I would like to be able to uh, pull a double down since I am double L. Um, I I have a little bit of return to normal anxiety. I've um, been working from home and and really stuck at home because I have uh, terrible lungs, bad asthma, and I had pneumonia three times the year before COVID. So I thought maybe I should just protect myself. But because of that, like I said, I'm, I was able to add a lot of things and now I'm doing a lot of things, which is great, but I don't know how I continue doing those things and go back to concerts and other things. So I'm looking forward to them. I cannot wait to be at them, but I, I don't know how I'm going to fit my day in. So I've got to figure out some ways to be more efficient or to, slide some things around but more than anything i am just so hopeful i'm going to cabo san lucas in july which i missed last year for obvious reasons but my parents are coming and my grampy joe who is 94 is coming and (laughs) like i just can't wait to have a tecate or a soul with my grampy joe or a miami vice or all of the drinks (laughs) at the same time since we are on single to drinkle i finished my wine nice Um, but we're going to Cabo San Lucas in July, and I that's going to be much needed to take a real vacation with my family, to step away, come back renewed, have real stories, have fun things to talk about other than me just finding fireball on my walks, which I do and would make you crazy if you saw how much fireball I found every day randomly in Chandler after we consumed so much of it in our lives. But um, are you taking your are you taking your trophy to Mexico? No, it's too heavy. It's eight whole pounds. That's like what? six pairs of shoes, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> I do take a bente bente. Uh, take her everywhere, though. 
so crazy. Well, what are your socials and Instagram and Facebook and where can everybody find you? At Double L Radio, you can see it right there on the screen with the pew pew. Um, yeah, spell it out, D-O-U-B-L-E-L Radio. My name, Lois Lewis. That is where Double L comes from. If you say Lois Lewis 10 times fast, you will feel drunker than you are. So that's why we go with Double L. But Double L Radio everywhere. And um, I always love to meet new people. So come on. Well, I love you. I'm so thankful for you. I'm so thankful for We haven't talked in forever, and this has been such a blast. So thank you so much. I loved it. I loved it when we got to. It would be great because I, I wouldn't know when Bart would be there. And so I'd go to a show, and then <laughs> I'd come around the corner, and then he'd be there, and I'd be like, perfect. It's going to be a great night. So I love it that now on my single de Mayo, which I still have probably three hours of work to do, and I'm going to do that. Um, but I've had a great day because I got to I got to hang out with you and um, drink a glass of wine. So these spots should sound fantastic. I can't yes. wait to talk about Lazy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Love you, Lois. Please say hi to Amy and give all the kisses and loves to Millie and put the mohawk and I will. this way. This way. This way. This way. This way. Thank you. Thank you.